Welcome to the Career by Design podcast. I'm your host, Prayer. On this podcast, I'll teach you how to design the career of your dreams while feeling empowered. I'll be sharing inspirations and strategies that will help you get results. You are listening to season three of the Career by Design podcast, and I'm joined today by Christine Horstman, and she is also a certified career coach, and she is a corporate trainer. And we're going to be talking about something a little bit different on today's podcast. We are going to be covering all about emotional intelligence, personality types, and we're going to be talking about some assessments as well. So Christine, what's your view on these personality tests? What are some that you use? I know, for example, way back when I've done MBTI, I have done Strengths Finder, I've done DISC also at one point. So I'd love your thoughts and for you to share more about it. I think they all have their merit. I use DISC as one of my go-to tools because for me at its core, it's simple, but it's also just as complex as doing uh, Myers-Briggs or even Enneagram. So you can go really deep, but it's also easier to remember the model because at core are four highest types. So people can get their head around that. And I like this because it's easier to use as a communication tool. So understanding other people and adapting and adjusting to their styles, where I've noticed with my clients or things like Myers-Briggs, they can hardly remember <laughs> their own code, right? Let alone try to figure out that many pieces for other people. So for me, DISC is my go-to, but I think they all have their merit. And I think they're all really, really helpful for increasing self-awareness. Yes. I think you hit the nail on the head because this is something that I coach on and I teach on too, is I think when you think about careers and getting to the next step and what your strategy is, a lot of times people tend to be very tactical, right? What is the strategy? Mm -hmm. What do I do? Mm -hmm. Um, Thinking about your resume, your LinkedIn, you know, how to apply to jobs. But I think on the other side of things, it's so important to understand who you are as a person and what motivates and drives you, because that is going to affect the kind of action that you take in the world, right? And so actually, we think that just action is going to create results, but there's so much behind it Mm -hmm. in terms of what's available to you and what you will do and not do. And the other part, which you were sharing, Christine, is it's also interacting with others in the world. So if we think about a career, whether it's getting a new job or if you want to get promoted or just be really successful in your career, it involves other human beings. And if it involves other human beings, we have to understand, you know, I have this certain way of thinking, but others may perceive it this way or think about it. And so I think all of these personality tests like you said, help us do that. They draw out the self-awareness. And so tell me a little bit more about DISC, because I think for the listeners, they may not Mm -hmm. be familiar with what that is. So can you break that down for us? Sure. So DISC um, was first created by Dr. William Marston. He was a Harvard psychologist um, around the time of Freud. And while a lot of other psychologists at the time were looking at quote unquote, abnormal behavior. He was interested in, again, quote, normal or typical human behavior. And the theory is that behavior is observable and therefore measurable. Now we're not measuring it on, you know, 
scales numeric per se, although if you do a disc assessment, some of them will give you certain percentages and things of that nature, but it's giving a scale based on descriptive words and tendencies, right? And DISC is broken into four primary categories. The original four categories that Marston had was um, dominance, inducement, submission, and compliance. We normally typically say dominant, inspiring, supportive, cautious, or a high D, a high I, a high S, or a high C for DISC. The thing to know about DISC is that it's not owned by anyone. Marston wanted it to be out in the general shared information. So no one owns it. You'll see certain tools copyrighted, but the main assessment, it's not, or the the theme of the four categories isn't owned by any one person. And so you will hear slightly different words talking about DISC, but typically when it's four highest traits, it's based on the DISC model. Okay. So there's four dimensions you talked about. You talked about like a high D, I, S, Mm -hmm. and C. Is it just high and low within those dimensions or how does it work? Yeah. So everybody has probably some percentage of each. When we first start focusing on the model, we focus on our highest traits. Most people have one um, highest trait followed by a secondary. Sometimes there's two secondaries. We're all a blend. um, But again, when we first focus on the model, we're looking at our highest trait and the tendencies of that trait. People are sorted on two axes, if you will, when it comes to DISC. So extroversion and introversion. Are you running at a faster pace, speaking, hand movements, processing, more extroverted, or are you more introverted, going at a more moderate or slower pace? Um, And again, that shows up in even facial expression, language, processing. And then the other category is our priority. And we're either task-oriented or people and relationship-oriented. And so we sort those four four types into those categories. So our high D or dominant personality is going to be outgoing and task-oriented. The high I, the inspiring type, is going to be people-oriented and outgoing. And then the supportive type is going to be more moderate-paced and people-oriented. And then our cautious type is more moderate or slower-paced and task-oriented. And so you start to have this model of pace and priority. Yeah, I find that so interesting. And something that I just want to comment on here is that I've seen organizations in the past using it to kind of decipher and determine where their employees belong Mm -hmm. and what type of jobs they would be good at and things of that nature, like you said. But I actually don't agree with that. I like a lot of these tools. I've even had employers in the past give personality tests as well as part of the interviewing process. Mm -hmm. But I like Mm -hmm. this more as just another way to look at yourself and understand yourself. And I would say, you know, like you said, I think DISC is nice and simple, but any tools that you have out Mm -hmm. there, whatever you're using, you know, human design, Enneagram, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. strengths finders, I would say use what resonates with you to understand yourself better. And just to understand that, you know, there could be a completely opposing viewpoint and personality type and knowing that you're going to encounter that. Because I feel that sometimes when you talk about communication, a lot of the breakdown in a communication happens because we expect people to think (laughs) and act and behave exactly like we would. And so we think, of course, you know, this was a very 
abrasive comment by somebody Mm -hmm. and it really Mm -hmm. isn't in the workplace. And just when you have emails coming in. And so I think, you know, again, it's all about this perspective. So what do you think about that? About employers using this and about people using it for themselves? Yeah, a couple of thoughts on that. I think the most important is, again, to increase your own awareness, exactly what you said. We all have our natural tendencies and styles. No one is better than the other. Each of our personality styles comes with it a set of inherent strengths typically, but a strength over relied upon can tip into a weakness. And we all have our potential blind spot and pitfalls of our style. And so it helps us to play to our strengths and mitigate and you know, manage those blind spots, but also find balance um, who we surround ourselves with. And that's where I think it can be helpful for teams, as long as we're using it to strengthen and we don't over identify with one certain type is the only type that can do a certain job function, because you're going to build a team ultimately that gets out of balance, or you're too much similar. And you don't have that balancing of strengths and weaknesses that working with a mix of people brings. And I think that's the important part is it helps to increase our emotional intelligence when we can adapt and adjust to other people. So like you said, if somebody comes across a little bit more abrasive and I understand that my highest style is supportive and I'm more harmonious and people oriented, but the person who made that abrasive comment is probably a dominant personality style. And they get direct and to the point and they're task oriented. It allows me to look at that without judgment, right? That gives me a framework to step out of judgment and step into understanding. Yes. And I like how you said, you know, we don't want to be over dependent on personality types or, you know, assessments and things like that, because in this case, we're talking about maybe employers slotting you into Mm -hmm. a certain bucket. But I think sometimes what happens is people will take some of these personality tests. And like you said, they're over identifying, right? And so it's almost like they are making an excuse, if you will, right? for the shortcomings that they may have as a result of that, right? And I want to say here that Again, it's about awareness and being careful and having that kind of, I would say, like toolkit ready because Mm -hmm. you know that you have a certain tendency. And the other thing is that, you know, there's a lot of learned behaviors as well, right? So if I look at any maybe personality test, I think it's that's who you naturally are. And that's the tendency you have. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean that just because you know, I'm introverted, I can't be in sales and business development, and I can't flex into that personality type. Or if I don't like people a lot, but I have a job that requires it, it actually doesn't even mean that I have to flex so much that I might not be successful. It's just that, you know, depending on where you are, you're going to highlight some personality Mm -hmm. traits, Mm -hmm. and you are going to, you know, not show some personality traits. And I think that's true with anything in life, right? I mean, you've got so many different kind of facets and sides to you and you have to decide, okay, who are you bringing out at a dinner party versus maybe on a date versus in a family setting versus in a Mm -hmm. professional setting and which parts you're going to bring to the table. So what I'm curious about, Christine, is in your experience working with organizations in particular, what are the organizations, I'll say, that have been really successful with rolling out using DISC or another personality assessment that's helped them kind of change 
the way they were operating? Well, I think it can help some organizations look at where bias based on personality style is sneaking into their interview process. You know, I'm talking with you. We have a similar style. It's like, oh, we're vibing. I like you. We get each other, right? And that, again, can be a flaw when you're not stepping back and looking at the full strengths um, of an individual and what the team makeup looks like. Where I also think that's helpful is looking at how we're communicating and working together as a team. I have an example. This is a very small local company. They wanted some leadership training and they had a small group that was their predominant leadership team. And they were having some struggles working together. They had done a lot of growth. So it was also in a place of, you know, regrouping, but they all, they literally all had almost the identical personality style, even from their highest to their secondary traits. And so it was, it was showing where they were leaning so hard into the same style because that's how they knew how to push forward. That's how they knew how to keep charging through continued growth and the burnout and the stress of overusing was starting to show. And again, a lack of balance where they were clashing because it was too similar. They all wanted to be in control. Mm -hmm. And so it gave them again, this, I always say, I'm saying it again. I know I just said it, but this non-judgmental framework to step back and say, what's going on here? What tendencies, tendencies have we fallen into as individuals and as a work group? What do we now understand about ourselves of where we can build and develop? And often the styles that are opposite ours are our keys to growth. You know, that's where we find balance. That's where we're getting better at working with a wider variety of people. And that's such a great point. And I want to kind of talk about the flip side of that too. Mm -hmm. Christine is in this case, you were talking about if an organization is interviewing you and Mm -hmm. they think, you know, you're vibing, but even as a candidate, as somebody who's Mm -hmm. going through the interview process, you know, for those of you listening, I want you to kind of check for that and say, is it really the culture and the role that you're liking? Or is it again, like Christine said, it's a very similar personality type that's making you feel at ease. And maybe in the short term, that feels good. But Mm -hmm. is that the kind of, you know, organization you want to be balancing? Because you're right, if you've got a lot of, you know, similar personality types, there are going to be clashes because you can't have that give and take and you don't have Mm -hmm. that, I think, diversity Mm -hmm. of thought and, you know, styles of leadership that are coming on. So I think, yeah, even as a candidate, this is something that we want you to think about is be really careful and kind of assess, is it a personality type match? Or is there more there that has to do with the content and the culture and the actual feeling that you're getting from your intuition? Yeah. And I think this is why the work on increasing our self-awareness is so important. Our personality styles, our work um, habits, how we work best, the environments in which we work best, our values, right? And because when we're interviewing as the candidate, we're trying to figure out, are we a good fit, right? And if we're not really clear on who we are, we're not going to be able to make as good of a determination. So it's really important. You could be interviewing for three different marketing roles, right? And the strengths you bring with your experience, your communication skills, your emotional intelligence, your hard and soft skills, but where are you going to thrive, right? Who's the manager that's going to bring out the best in you? How do they seek to motivate employees? And does that work with the way you're um, wired? All those questions are so important to determine what's your best next move. Absolutely. So what are some last 
minute, I guess, tips or thoughts that you have for listeners, Christine, who, you know, they're looking to either leap into the next phase of their career, or maybe they have just landed a role and want to be really, really successful. What would you say to them, you know, in relationship, say emotional intelligence, Mm -hmm. um, personality type, self-awareness? So pour into your soft skills. If you have a manager in a company that invests in your career development, phenomenal, right? But the pandemic reminded us that things change. Even when we're at a company that's like the perfect fit and we are getting the development and support we want and deserve, things can change. It's so important to invest in yourself. And we know that if we have two different candidates for either a promotion or the job from you're coming in from outside the organization, we know it's the candidate with the stronger soft skills that gets selected. So working on those soft skills is critical, no matter what industry you're in, no matter what level you're at, it's your soft skills that are going to differentiate you. That was fantastic. Christine, this was such a fun interview and podcast episode to do with you all about self-awareness. You know, we haven't talked much about this aspect of it. I loved having you on the show. Thank you again. Thanks, Prayer. I enjoyed it. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Career by Design podcast. I hope that the strategies I shared today will help you on your journey to an amazing career. Be sure to check in next week for another episode and for more tips, follow me on Instagram under inspiration underscore careers. 